So we have four company values. They're excellence, transparency, agility, and dedication. Uh, and these are values that we put together actually with the early team. I think we were six people at that time. I still remember it was a very interesting uh, discussion that we had over video call, of course, because we were all in, uh, in lockdown. This episode features a conversation with Dr. Vincent Kierman. He is the chief medical officer and co-founder of Caseos, a med tech company with the goal to eliminate the risk of resurgery through smarter specimen imaging. Vincent has dual master's degrees in electronics engineering and medicine from Ghent University. He earned his PhD in biomedical engineering in 2011, specializing in positron emission tomography and magnetic resonance imaging, also known as PET-MRI, and became a board-certified neurologist in 2018. In addition to being a co-founder and clinical advisor of other medtech spinoffs, Vincent is an associate professor at Ghent University. In the current competitive environment, Securing top-tier talent is an increasingly complex task. Now, before we share our conversation with Vincent, let's first dive into a key concept from Jim Collins' book entitled Good to Great. In this book, Collins introduces one of his principles called First Who, Then What, which is a compelling approach that emphasizes the importance of having the right team in place. He likens this to ensuring you have the right people on the bus and the wrong ones off of it, setting the stage for organizational success. Here's an excerpt from Good to Great. The Good to Great leaders understood three simple truths. First, if you begin with who rather than what, you can more easily adapt to a changing world. If people join the bus primarily because of where it is going, well, what happens if you get 10 miles down the road and you need to change direction. You've got a problem. But if people are on the bus because of who else is on the bus, then it's much easier to change direction. For example, hey, I got on this bus because of who else is on it. If we need to change direction to be more successful, fine with me. Second, if you have the right people on the bus, the problem of how to motivate and manage people largely goes away. The right people don't need to be tightly managed or fired up. They will be self-motivated by the inner drive to produce the best results and to be part of creating something great. Third, if you have the wrong people, it doesn't matter whether you discover the right direction. You still won't have a great company. Great vision without great people is irrelevant. This is Favorable Environments a podcast sponsored by the USD Discovery District. And now, here's Dr. Vincent Kierman. Yeah, sure. Hi, Ryan. Really good to, really good to be here. Um, so, yeah, my academic background is that I was first uh, trained as an, as an engineer in Ghent, actually, uh, here in Ghent in Belgium. I did all my training uh, here. And then sort of at the end of my engineering studies, which here are essentially usually always a bachelor and master's uh, combined, uh, I decided to add on medical training just because of interest. Um, and so I did that also here in, uh, here in Ghent. I had the opportunity or the fortune to be able to do some research in the meantime and i did uh, also a phd in biomedical engineering during that same period it was a in a research group that was at the university hospital where i was doing my uh, medical training as well so that was a nice uh, nice combination 
Uh, and then uh, after that, uh, having finished my um, MD uh, studies, I uh, um, I trained as a neurologist. So I did a neurology residency uh, and then became board certified in, uh, in neurology. Um, so that's, I would say, my uh, academic uh, background. Um, and I work also as a as a neurologist uh, because uh, because uh, well here at the at the, at the, at the hospital here in uh, here in Ghent at the general hospital, um, and then yeah my entrepreneurial background I would say it runs a little bit alongside that so um, I also had the fortune that uh, from um, that research group where I did my PhD uh, which had uh, I think a lot of uh, of talented and entrepreneurial people uh, there were two uh, spinoffs. Um, briefly after I, I completed my PhD uh, that started. So one of them was uh, Molecubes. I had the pleasure of being involved there. So what Molecubes did maybe very briefly uh, was use um, or develop and market high resolution PET specs and CT uh, systems for preclinical research. So it's for imaging uh, small lab animals for pharma and fundamental uh, uh, research. Uh, that was in 2015, uh, so I was involved there. That company uh, actually has become a, a big success, and it was uh, acquired by uh, by Brücker in uh, in 2021. So I'm not involved there uh, anymore. And then one year after, um, I was also so in uh, 2016. I mean, uh, I was also one of the founders of Epilog, uh, and Epilog um, is a company that. Actually, as primary goal, I had the idea of bringing advanced electrophysiological analysis, so it's analysis of EG signals, um, to clinical practice by providing that as software as a service. So basically taking in the EG signals from the hospitals, analyzing them and providing the neurologist with a very concise and to the point uh, report on which they could then base their further clinical practice. Um, I'm still involved in Epilog. It's actually, well, Epilog still exists, but it's a brand now of a, um, of a, of a a company that's called Clouds of Care, which does epilepsy, which was the first application, but also in sleep, which also provides uh, services for, um, I would say, uh, product uh, product development and uh, and uh, in in med tech and in software as a service uh, or software as a medical device. I would put it that way. Uh, so that's my uh, entrepreneurial background. But adding on to that, of course, because I think that's the main topic of the conversation here, is that in 2019, um, I was uh, I also founded Xeos uh, uh, together with uh, Rul van Holen. He's our our CEO, uh, and I actually was together with Rul also in uh, in uh, in Molecube, so the first company uh, that I founded, um, and. Uh, yeah, I think that's the main the main topic here. So I think we'll uh, hear a lot about Xeos probably in the rest of the conversation. So probably don't need to introduce it right away. Uh, yeah. Well, and that I guess I, leads into my 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 first question, Vincent, is what uh, if you could maybe summarize what what drives you, what keeps you going every day to keep all of these appointments and these uh, you know these entrepreneur and these projects and all of these things going what what drives you as uh, the individual as the professor as the inventor as the founder uh, what would you say is kind of the mo the driving force Ooh, yeah that's a um, uh, that's a, that's a big one I I would say that I really enjoy I often get the question so how do you combine these things um, and <laughs> I just really enjoy the variation in this because each one of um, of my uh, roles has a very different context. So when I work as a neurologist, so I'm really in 
general neurology clinical practice. So I see patients, I'm on call, uh, I, I treat patients. It's very much the pure clinical work, which I really enjoy because you're I really enjoy the, the fact that you help uh, people that you can explain to them what's what's going on and 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 how their prognosis is or what we can do about it and in neurology there's a lot of things we can do there's also unfortunately a lot of things we cannot do but you know the, I really enjoy that part um there so it's really the caring aspect I think uh for the for the clinical practice part um and then when you look at this entrepreneurial side, I really like building um, a company, seeing how um, the team progresses. I mean, um, it's so great to see that in 2019, well, even before we had this idea and we thought, okay, this is where we want to go. And when you see which people you can involve uh, in that project, who you can bring enthusiasm to, to start also working together towards that goal, um, I think I really enjoy that. And then, of course, also a very big driver there is that for all those companies, the end goal was to improve uh, healthcare. I mean, with sales, we have a very clear goal of improving surgery and improving surgical uh, outcomes. Um, with Clouds of Care, so the other, other company, we have also the, the, the goal of improving treatment of epilepsy patients, of doing better detection of sleep disorders, and so on and so on. And this is really... Yeah, I would say maybe very broadly uh, improving improving care and having some impact uh, in there and doing that together with uh, with a team of talented people. I think that's really uh, I really enjoy that. And then of course, when you look at uh, at the Roland University, um, I mean teaching is uh, is great. I, I really like it. Uh, I really like it. Also, um, it's. It, it takes a lot of effort, I think, when you uh, when you when you teach for a class of, of students. It's really, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's it takes it takes a lot of effort because you're very involved there, and it uh, takes a lot of uh, of energy. But I really enjoy it as well, and I and I guess yeah, that's those are the things that drive me. If you ask me, it's maybe a bit of a long <laughs> yeah. answer to the question, but still. <laughs> No, that that's perfect. You know, I, I think the the two conversations, the the pre conversation, and and then uh, just before this, uh, we went live here. Things that have stuck out to me, Vincent, is your your ability to draw out, uh, you know, putting a team together, and the importance of having the right people on your team, and how you can foster that. Uh, do you have a kind of a designated or a written leadership philosophy that you've formed over your career? Um. So I I don't think it's really something that is uh, written down or, or even designated, but there is, I think, a way that together with, uh, with Rula, with our CEO at Xeos, we, we approach this. Um, so I think at Xeos, we have a, on average, we have a very young team. Most people have no more than 10 years of experience and, and a lot even, uh, even less. Um, and I think that the thing we like to do most is really spot talented, motivated people who fit within the company culture. This is something that's that's very important uh, to us. And then really give them the opportunities to, yeah, to help uh, reach our common goal and to do that by ideally just providing, let's say, high-level guidance, let everyone take care of their own department or their own uh, their own part uh, of, the, of the company and let everyone also take responsibility and accountability for what they are doing. So I would say that in the ideal case, what, what we really like to do is 
advise our team members, right? That they would come up to us and say, hey, we have this kind of problem. We would approach it this or this way. So what do you think about it? And then let them put together the, the solution. Of course, I mean, from time to time, uh, we, we're not afraid of taking decisions, but in the ideal case, you really this really is a team effort. And we have, um, we have a management group in the company who is really on average very young, but I think they do a really great job in in, in taking accountability and uh, and 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 setting their own course. So I'm not so much in favor of having like a waterfall like approach where we say, okay, so this is what what we're going to do now. But of course, I mean, decisions need to be taken every now and then. That's that's clear. But uh, but in the ideal case, it's really a, a group uh, a group thing. Yeah. And so with that in mind, I guess in that context, Vincent, uh, can you kind of give us a little background on Casillos and how you how it came to be and, and your involvement and then the team that you put around it? Yeah, so um, so yeah, as I mentioned, we were founded in 2000, uh, 2019 and we're a company, uh, a medtech company, um, and we're based in uh, in Ghent. So I don't know how well you know Ghent, <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a by American standards very small city uh, in Belgium. But in Belgium, it's quite a, quite a big city. It's actually the, uh, the largest student city, if I uh, if I recall correctly. Um, and so how how the company um, or, or what the ideas uh, behind the company is that molecular imaging. So using PET imaging mainly, yeah? so it's a type of imaging where you inject a radio tracer up front. That radio tracer goes very targeted to specific cells within the company, and you visualize that. And this is also the topic where I did my PhD and where who did his did his PhD. So our vision is really that molecular imaging is underused in medicine, uh, that it has a huge power. Uh, for visualizing different pathologies and in different uh, contexts, but it's mainly used currently to do diagnosis and staging with whole body scanners. So, and it, this is very useful. It's it's really, uh, I, I would say, uh, very powerful being used that way in oncology and in others. But for sales, what we believe in is that we can do so much more with this technology. And this is also how we came to conceive our first application, uh, which is intraoperative specimen PET-CT imaging. So that's a mouthful, but what it means is that we use PET-CT to visualize resected specimens during surgery. Uh, so during surgery, it can be cancer surgery or any other type of surgery, but we have most knowledge in cancer surgery. Um, one of the questions uh, is often whether or not uh, the, the targeted lesion uh, was, uh, was resected. Um, and so what we do is intraoperatively visualize the resected specimen using PET-CT and provide this information to the surgeon, to the imaging specialists, and try to help that decision-taking uh, with this information. So essentially, we show what has been resect resected in, uh, in quite some detail. So that's, I would say, the, the goal of what, of what we do. Yeah, that's and and as you have uh, so since 2019, you have gone through that whole R and D phase, the kind of the MVP. Uh, what are the benchmarks that you've kind of crossed, and what are what's on the horizon for CIOs? Yeah, so I think when you look uh, at what we did since uh, since 2000, uh, 2019, so you can also see it a bit in the 
I would say in the evolution of the team. So essentially, we started out. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was Rul and myself, and then quite quickly, uh, um, Jared also joined. So we had a small team. Then mainly the R and D team was built during the first uh, the first one uh, one one and a half uh, years. Uh, because yeah, then the main um, things that were going on were product development, obviously, and, and uh, creating our the Aura Ten. So that's our specimen pet CT uh, pet CT imager. Um, and then afterwards, the team, of course, has uh, has expanded with uh, with a with a clinical team, with uh, with a business development team. From I would say about two years ago, we started building that, and now we're also going into service operations and everything like that. So you see that team evolving um, as the company gets new tasks. Now you were asking about what are the um, benchmarks that we've hit. So uh, I think the the two most important benchmarks for us have been our CE uh, certification. That was um, uh, at the beginning of last year, so in 2022. And then we were very happy also to receive uh, FDA clearance uh, at the end of the summer, so just a couple of uh, couple of months ago. And those two things put us yeah, on the market in our two most important uh, jurisdictions, uh, I would say. So those are very important milestones from the product side. And I think other milestones that are important, of course, uh, is that we have concluded first sales in Europe, uh, um, that is. Uh, we get very nice um, traction from the markets. I mean, sometimes we say, of course, it's an exaggeration, but sometimes we say every surgeon we speak to has an idea of what they could do with specimen PET CT <laughs> imaging. So that's uh, that's very nice. Um, so yeah, we get really good uh, good feedback. And yeah, when you look internally, I think the most important milestone, but sort of a, an, an ongoing effort, it's not really a milestone, uh, is the team we've put together. I mean, I've mentioned it already already before. This is really um, the, the 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 biggest achievement, I think. And um, yeah, I think that that covers it uh, about. There's so many <laughs> things we've done, but. Uh, when you say we're at, at which which stage we are now, I would say we're we're an early commercial company. That's uh, that's the idea. Yeah. Who would you say, uh, Vincent, would be your target audience or your your potential target market? Uh, and is it different between Europe and the U.S.? Um, so I I don't think it's different between both. At least I don't have the have the feeling. Um, I think the our current um, ideal client prospects prospects are um, innovators, right? Uh, that makes sense because it's a very new, uh, very new thing. Uh, but in the ideal case, it's it's innovators, surgeons. So it's it's uh, it's surgeons who have an actual clinical activity, either in surgical oncology or well, mostly it will be surgical oncology, and who are really motivated to to move their own field forward by having a better view of what was resected. Um, so this is what we really do. We look for centers that are very innovative uh, and they also need to have the setup to be able to do this. For example, in the ideal case, they have a, they have a PET uh, on, on site, right? So that they're used to working with these radioisotopes. Um, and uh, there needs to be really, uh, they need to be innovation driven because our uh, technique acquires a limited adaptation of the workflow. So there's some, you know, investment to be done in the sense of we need to change a clinical workflow, which is always something that's not that easy. Um, and the reason why I say it's an innovator that really wants to move their field forward is because I mentioned before that there's there's a many different applications that you can envision uh, with specimen PET CT imaging, uh, like we have 
um, uh, in breast cancer, in prostate cancer, and we've all uh, already done quite some some interesting work there. But what we really believe in is that it needs to be need driven from the clinical practitioner. So there needs to be the surgeon who says, I have this problem during surgery. Can be, for example, I I do a lymphadenectomy, yeah, so I resect lymph nodes. I'm not entirely sure if I got out the lymph nodes that I wanted to get out of. I mean, I know that they are PET positive, but how can I verify interoperatively? That's, for example, something where by taking an image of those lymph nodes, you can uh, you can have a look. Um, so, but it needs to be need driven uh, in the ideal case, and we really want those innovators that are motivated to solve the interoperative problems that are there. Um, those are our ideal clients, I think, and I think it's comparable Europe and US. Uh, I don't think there's a there's a difference there. I mean, we see also that these are the people with whom we have the most valuable conversations. Absolutely, no, I appreciate that. I, I think you know, for some of us on this side of the pond, uh, you know, those of us who might be less educated, the other side of the pond is like this mystical land that things are very different, and so uh, that that helps. Uh, I, I think it's in many senses very different, but I guess people who are very innovation driven probably, right? They 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 meet each other also uh, on both sides of the of the pond. So uh, so I think uh, I think there it's very it's very comparable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, through through your growth, uh, maybe you can kind of talk about if you would uh, how many how many people you have on your your overall team now, and what what are the uh, contributing factors to your success and what pathway have you taken in terms of funding and some of the clinical trials, how, how your company has evolved? Yeah. So, um, when you look at the team, we're actually 22 people now, uh, but we're, uh, well, we've always been hiring, but, uh, it's quite busy now because we actually have two people starting in December. Uh, and two more in January, so we will be uh, 26 by uh, by by the beginning. Well, by two weeks into the new year, um, there's still a couple of open positions. I think, especially in business development, we're looking for new marketing. I mean, there's we're always looking for uh, for new uh, for new people. Um, so we're constantly growing, and of course, the part that is mostly expanding now is everything that is very closely related to the market. So the business development team, uh, application support, uh, everything like that. So that's uh, that's where we are, where we are expanding. Um, and then uh, when you look from the funding side, I think this was also a part of your question. So we're completely um, angel funded up until now. Um, so uh, we've been very fortunate to have a, a group of uh, angel investors um, that that really believes in the, in the technology and in the team. And um, yeah, so they're they're up until now uh, the the only uh, the only investors, and we've raised. Uh, 13 million uh, euros uh, up until now uh, so that's I, I i can't calculate how much dollars that is but it's somewhere <laughs> in the same order of magnitude obviously yeah. so uh um so yeah we're i think we're very happy also with the with the support that we've gotten there uh it's important to have the right uh, to have the right investors and uh, and the right board members to uh, to support you in this uh, in this journey because of course yeah we're Four years down the road, and a lot, a lot has uh, a lot has happened, but there's still a lot of challenges ahead, of course. So, um, yeah. do you anticipate needing to go out and raise more capital, seeking venture or or other private equity, or is this gonna once you hit commercialization, you're you're kind of on your own and will have a return? 
Yeah, I think we we will probably need at least uh, at least one more uh, one more round, sure. uh, but we have some yeah. some time before we have that need. So uh, yeah, yeah uh, but there it will be needed, and yeah, then we will have to see what the best uh, what the best setup is there. Um, but it will be something for next year, uh, I think. Um, um, and then afterwards, yeah, we'll have to see how much growth capital we may uh, we may still need. Yeah. Will there, Vincent, will there be other products on the horizon, ancillary device or other things that uh, that Xeos is looking at, or will you focus on this uh, for the for the the time being? Yeah, that's that's a good uh, that's a good question. So I think for now, I mean, developing this uh, uh, this device and, and bringing this very new application into the market, it really requires all our focus. So so I think yeah. there's no uh, we have we have a lot of ideas of what we could do next. Uh, yeah. And I think there's 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 different things there. Right? You could think about completely other products, but you could also think about extending what we have now with with software. Um, I think the latter is probably something that is closer, right, time wise. Whereas developing a completely new device, it will be will take a, a bit more time. But for now, our focus is really on bringing this product to the market and and sure. yeah, making sure that this gets implemented in uh, in clinical practice because that's uh, that's of course uh, a huge uh, huge challenge. Yeah. yeah. When you look at scaling Casios, what is important for your leadership team to have uh, in terms of uh, geographically or facility uh, resources, what's important as you look to grow Casios and expand potentially in other locations or across the pond or uh, just things that your company would need uh, kind of to check the box and make sure that it's something that would attribute to the success of, of any scaling or growth? Yeah, well, I think the, the main thing there seem to keep coming back to it is, of course, uh, of course, further uh, further scaling the team, and uh, and this will be very important. Uh, also, starting up our activities in the uh, in the US, uh, we will have um, already uh, two people there uh, by the beginning of uh, of next year. But there, so there are people coming from here from headquarters, so so to speak, uh, that yeah. will uh, that will go to the. Uh, uh, to the US, and then of course we'll have to expand the team there locally. Um, also, um, hire uh, hire a team in, in service and in application support um, uh, in the US. I think when you look at the actual infrastructure, um, company has not evolved all that much. I mean, when you literally uh, because apart from our office getting bigger and we're actually moving to to a new office uh, hopefully uh, soon. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we uh, outsource most of the production, so we sure. don't do that ourselves. We have an R and D lab, but that that that's not needed to expand. And then a lot of the other work is is actually desk work and well, desk work and people being uh, on the road. So uh, I don't think that there's so much changes there. Um, when you look operationally, so the different tasks uh, that that need to be done, that's a very big difference. I think the first one or two years. It was all R and D and product development, um, and yeah. then we saw that if you had management meetings, it was eighty percent R and D. Whereas now, there is much more focus on business development, on how the clinical research is going, on how the operations side is going. So, I think there's a lot of evolutions there. When you ask me what we really uh, what we really need, yeah, I think the most important thing will be uh, 
finding the right uh, the right people. Uh, yeah, I, I I think by having a good team, it also makes it easier to expand it uh, uh, because uh, yeah, there, I, I don't know what what things are like in the US, but in in Europe, it's really uh, it's well we speak about a war for talent, so that that's really uh, that has been crazy over the last uh, over the last couple of years, and um, you see that and. I mean, they should be, but people are very critical about, okay, in what company are, am I, where am I going to go? What's the culture like? And so on and so on. Um, and so, yeah, we've been fortunate that uh, most of the time when we <laughs> present the company also to candidates that they're enthusiastic and that, well, when they start in the company, that they also think that they made the right decision, which is, uh, yeah. which is very nice. Yeah. Are there any other team members that you would say the world needs to be aware of uh, on the Casillos team? Yeah, this is a really difficult question, of course, because uh, because um, it's everybody, right? I would be, yeah, it's 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 everybody. I mean, I can yeah. I cannot think about one person in the company of whom I cannot say, oh, but th there was a huge impact there, or this or this happens. So as I mentioned, we're we're 22 now, so it's completely impossible to um, yeah. to to mention everyone. But if you ask me, then obviously I, I'd have to mention uh, Rula, who is my uh, who is my co-founder, and we've known each other for more than 15 years. Did our PhDs uh, together. So yeah. Rula is a biomedical engineer. He has a very broad background in medical imaging, both hardware, image reconstruction, simulations. Um, but he's also experienced in setting up and running a company. From the experience that he had with with molecules with our previous company and i think he, he has a great mindset in that and uh, um yeah so that's obviously a very um important person in in the company uh, and i think we work together very very well um and then well when you just look chronologically um Oh, I could really go over the entire team, but one of one, <laughs> when you think about who was the next person to join after yeah. Hula and myself, it was uh, it was Jared. So he was the first person to to, to join us. Hula and Jared know each other from before, um, from in the lab where Hula did his postdoc when Jared was doing his PhD there. Um, and Jared is an American, actually. Um, oh. So he came to Belgium. This is he came to Belgium. Um, I think. Yeah, well, we actually founded the company in November 2019, but by the time we started hiring the team, it was around March 2020, which is a period that everyone remembers very well. Uh, so Jared came to uh, to Belgium during really the the real COVID period, so really the lockdowns and, and everything like that. So he was here for that period uh, of uh, of time, and he's. Um, yeah, he's an amazing engineer. He has a very broad knowledge of mechanical, electrical uh, engineering, how you put together a device, and more importantly, how you put together a product. And so he really oversaw the initial development of the of the Aura, uh, and we're very yeah proud of of, of how the device is, uh, is is put together. And I think he had a really big uh, big impact on that. It's it's of course a team effort. I mean that's that's very clear. Absolutely, a really big impact. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, I still remember the early conversations about okay, what's the user story and how does it how does it go? And that was just uh, like the three of us sitting together. Yeah. And then yeah, everyone everyone who joined. Yeah, I mean, um, we've seen so much evolution over the last four years. So we were an R and D company. We added choir expertise from the beginning. I think this was very important. So quality assurance, uh, regulatory affairs, uh, having a really quality focus within the company. 
but then also clinical researchers, BD, uh, service and operations, having a good administrative support. Yeah, I could I can spend three episodes <laughs> just speaking about our team. Well, and what we'll do is uh, we'll obviously make sure that everybody's aware. They can go to casillos.care and check out your uh, your team there. I know you've got team bios and uh, kind of have uh, everybody's uh, role and responsibility. But I do – I always like to – I mean, obviously, uh, again, one thing that uh, has stood out from our conversations is your ability to bring in and acknowledge everybody who has contributed to the process. Um, how would you say, Vincent, uh, based on your own – own personal experience how do you attract good talent and, and people to collaborate with what is a what is a method or is there a kind of a and obviously it's intentional on your part but how do you do that yeah i think um so i already mentioned that we have a strong focus on on company culture internally i think i mean everyone says this right but uh, so it's, <laughs> it, i think it's a very important uh, aspect because we try to project that, I would say, externally as well. So we have four company values. They're excellence, transparency, agility, and dedication. Uh, and these are values that we put together actually with the early team. I think we were six people at that time. I still remember wow. it was a very interesting uh, <laughs> discussion that we had over video call, of course, because we were all in, uh, in lockdown. Um, and... These values really resonate with all of us. And I think we're very, I mean, everyone has a good concept of what our company is. Sometimes it's difficult to describe, but everyone has a good concept of, yeah, but this, okay, this is not what we do, or this is this is what we do. And, and this is how we, and we try to expect this also from our partners. So I think this is, this goes for recruitment. So when you try, when you hire someone, you really want to have the feeling that this person will fit and you really want to also actively ask people, listen, this is how our company culture is. Uh, I mean, right. This needs to, uh, this needs to fit. They need to, it needs to resonate with them, but also with external partners. Um, we, we try to behave in this way and expect the same behavior from them. And I think this is something you experience very quickly. If you work, uh, if you work together, um, towards external partners like subcontractors and so on, we also try to give them a clear view of what we are doing and why we are doing it. Um, I mean, um, we have, uh, I would say, the, the the very nice thing that it's a it's a product or it's it's an approach that resonates with a lot of people. I mean, when you see that our main application is in cancer surgery, there's everyone has been in contact with this, um, but still we try to explain very well also to our partners why it's very relevant that production is very well controlled because it needs to be this and this and i mean i think that's the way how we approach it so i guess being very transparent and and being very very honest uh, in that yeah i love those those four values and obviously i, I it's amazing that you guys came up with it as a team instead of you know kind of the old old school model that we would consider where you have one leader and that leader says, you know, this is kind of the direction and here's our values as a company. Uh, obviously really, uh, it enforces your, your focus on culture. Um, as we wrap up here, uh, I always like to ask the, the question at the end here and, and again, not to, to put uh, you on the spot too much, but what would you like the world to know about Vincent Kierman as, uh, as you go through, 
this phase of, of your journey and what, what it looks like with Casillos, but also, you know, you as an individual, as a, as an entrepreneur, as a professor, uh, as an academic, like what, what would the, what would you like the world to know? Um, well, I mean, um, I think a, a lot has been said already. Um, yeah, I think so. So first of all, when you when you look at at, at where we're where we're going, uh, uh, I think we're having a great time building sales, and and we're really uh, excited to keep doing this work, bring the product to market, making sure that it improves outcomes. That's really what we want. There's many other things going on, like clouds of care. I measured mentioned the other company. I mean, it's also a great company where they're moving into a next phase. I hope to contribute there clinical practice, try, continue teaching, all those things. But I would say maybe most importantly, uh, um, I mean, it's also um, the fortune that, that I don't know if that's the right word, but the fortune that, that I've had of, of the, the context in which I've been able to do all these uh, things. And one of the things we haven't really covered is, so I, I combine a lot of things, but of course, all this busy work really affects also your personal life and the people around you. Uh, and so, I mean, it's a cliche, but uh, I'm really fortunate to have such a supportive uh, family. I think that's maybe the most important uh, message. So I'm happily married. I have three wonderful kids. They're small, so they're two, three, and five. So they're really, uh, uh, yeah, they're toddlers, and they're they're a handful. But, it's a busy uh, house. Yeah, it's a busy house. And I, I try to be there uh, as much as possible, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. And I've been very lucky to have so much uh, support from my wife who understands and who makes it possible to pursue all these dreams. And like I said, it's maybe a bit of a cliche, but in the end, if you don't have this um, very supportive um, structure at home and and then I guess all those other things become very difficult. So it's probably the most uh, the most important thing. And of course, all the opportunities I've gotten along along the way. Uh, even being able to do research in at the university hospital, where I was also doing training. I mean, that's just a stroke of luck. I think that I that I came into a research group there that was very innovative. So I guess I've been very fortunate. I think that's uh, that's maybe the main yeah. story. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, you know, I, I also, uh, over the past two conversations, have appreciated your perspective and humility. Um, as we close here, Vincent, uh, if you can, could you remind us uh, one more time of those four values that are so important to Casillos? Yeah, so our four, um, our four company values are excellence, transparency, agility, and dedication. I think if I'm not mistaken, they're actually on our website, the way we look at them also. Uh, and this is really what came from that uh, from that primary uh, exercise that we did around uh, around this. And we're really uh, happy about that. And we review, we review them every year, but we've never changed them, fortunately. Thank you for listening to this conversation with Dr. Vincent Kierman. This podcast is sponsored by the University of South Dakota Discovery District. The USD Discovery District is a newly established research park located in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, committed to offering cutting-edge life science facilities to companies engaged in advancing life science, biotechnology research, and innovation. For leasing inquiries and more information, please visit usddiscovery.com. More information is available in the show notes of this episode.